What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cast from the Crypt. I'm your host, CJ Roby, and this week, just like every week, I am watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt for the very first time. And then I'm talking a bunch of shit about that and other fun horror stuff. It's, it's a good time. We have fun here. We're almost halfway through the season, and to, I'll be honest, I'm glad that this episode, even though it's not like... It's not, it's, it's, it's not as like sensational as like all the rest of them. It's a pretty straightforward, uh, Tales from the Crypt episode, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, clear cut, you know, rather than just being like all, all like comedy focused or, uh, whatever the fuck the last episode was, you know, whoever was in charge of that shit. Um, this episode is just kind of more, more of a simple episode. It's very simple. Listen, love triangles are hard. I know. I'm currently in one with my girlfriend and her dog. I'm always fighting for attention, but damn it, he's just too cute. Oh no, I'm in love with him too. Damn it. But it's whatever. Our love isn't doomed like the love in this episode. Although... I mean, one of them gets out all right, I guess. But we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll get into it. Romance is weird, guys. Take it from Tales from the Crypt. Anytime people are getting together and having feelings for each other and and just, you know, falling in love and everything, it always turns into a crazy, dark, karmic twist. Someone's either trying to, like, murder their spouse because their family was always a, a just a family of crazy spouse murderers or uh you know or you just end up not being able to fall out of love even after death and you become a fucking zombie person you just uh get cursed by a voodoo witch to be together forever and you're just just horrified forever so you know Look, love hurts, and nothing tells us that better than Tales from the Crypt. So, let's see what's going on in Season 2, Episode 6, The Thing from the Grave. Uh, Man, yeah, this episode is about a model who has two boyfriends, <laughs> and they don't like each other. And one of them ends up winning, or at least you think he does, until the other one, uh, let's say, comes back and really throws a wrench in this dude's plans. In today's top five credits, coming in at number five is Terry Hatcher, who plays Stacy in the episode, but you might remember her as Lois Lane herself. That's right. If anybody ever saw uh, The New Adventures of Lois and Clark, which was a really fun... All right, so there have been plenty of Superman stories. There have been plenty of Superman TV shows and stuff, but Lois and Clark was kind of like a Superman sitcom kind of thing. It it was it was really... It's, it's a fun show. I used to... I didn't watch a lot of it, but when I was a little kid... I was just like, oh, man, like, it's great, Superman. And then, you know, 
most kids would just be like, ah, oh, like this is this is boring. Like what Superman's not even like fighting like giant monsters or whatever. But it's it's a really charming show. Listen, as a kid, I didn't know like a bunch of what was going on, but I liked seeing Clark Kent and and Lois Lane just kind of like gallivanting. <laughs> you know, it was it was a fun watch. So hey, at least you found yourself a man who couldn't die. Number four on the list is Laird Macintosh. Laird. Uh, I mean, since Macintosh isn't Macintosh like Scottish, I'm pretty sure Laird is like a Gaelic sort of name. You know, some something within the family of that Celtic sort of sort of naming scheme. But uh, yeah, th- this is definitely the only guy that I've ever heard's name Laird outside of like a Fire Emblem game. But uh. Yeah, he's actually uh, on this list. He was the he plays the the model dude, the idiot model dude from the beginning. But the only reason that he's on here is because uh, he had a part in Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, which I absolutely love. Everybody should go watch Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. It's hilarious. Every episode's incredible. The team's great. I love it. Uh, we're moving, we're moving right on into, into number two. I just wanted to give a shout out to your pretty faces going to hell. Number three is Michael D. Will Hoyt. Uh, he, he was the sound editor on this episode and, uh, he's the sound editor in a bunch of shit, actually. Like, check out his page. Like, he's, he's involved in a lot of stuff. He did the sound for uh, Darkman. He did the sound for Scooby-Doo, which uh, another person on our list also uh, did some Scooby-Doo work. Uh, he did the sound on Psycho 2, which I, I forgot that there was a Psycho 2 and 3. I remember that they did the... Uh, you know, the shot-for-shot remake of Psycho, but I forgot that there were actual, like, sequels. Uh, And he also did the sound editing for Django. Django Unchained. Fucking badass movie. Number two. Number two on our list is our main man, Miguel Ferrer. Uh, He is uh, the douchebag in the in the episode, and he, he, I'm pretty sure he usually plays a douchebag, like, this is, the, I, I've seen this guy all over the place, you would recognize this dude if you see him, he's, he's in all sorts of shit, but he's always, he's always some sort of dick, like, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's just typecast as one of those guys, but he plays it fucking well, you might have, uh, seen him, well, all right, so, if you're listening to this, you might, you probably know this dude as uh, the bad cop from Twin Peaks, the uh, the other guy, the the jerk guy who's not um, who's not Kyle McLaughlin. You might recognize his voice though, because he's actually done quite a bit of uh, voice work. He was, uh, he was Sean Yu in Mulan. He's the main bad guy in Mulan. I never know who that, uh, who did that guy's voice. And he's Death in, uh, Adventure Time, which, and Death shows up as a character in that cartoon 
far too often for it to be a children's show, but that's probably why, uh, you know, college-age stoners love it, too. <laughs> Finally, number one on our list. Number one is David Newman. David Newman is the composer of this episode, and this guy? Oh, my good lord. I looked into his IMDb page uh, when I was when I was just looking for people to put on this list, and holy crap, did this guy just make the soundtrack to like half of my childhood? It's it's crazy. He's 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 done so much. Look up his the films that he's composed, and you'll be like, oh shit! Like some of these some of these have fucking banger soundtracks like it's it's crazy like he this dude this dude did uh all the music in serenity the the firefly movie come on come on uh he also did the soundtrack to scooby-doo i told you we we had we got two people in the scooby squad in this episode and uh he also did he he did so much like a bunch of comedies throughout like the 80s and 90s he did he did Critters. We've already talked about Critters on our top five list. That He's the music man behind Critters. Uh, he also did the, the music behind another shared, uh, another shared series throughout this whole show so far. He also did the music for Bill and Ted for both movies. And maybe for the next one. Who knows? And, uh, and his, his, like, the first thing that comes up when you look up on his IMDb page is Nutty Professor. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, you definitely need to be on top one because that's, dude, I, I fucking loved Nutty Professor. Some of the hardest times that I've laughed in adolescence was because of Eddie Murphy's fat ass. So that's all the credits we got today. I mean, we got more, but you know what? I'm lazy. I only wanted to do five. Go look at these people's IMDb pages. They're, it's free. You don't even have to go sign up for it. Just go anytime you're watching an episode with me, because obviously you always watch every episode of the every episode of the show before you come listen to the podcast. That's that's just a given. So anytime you watch the episode and you're like, wait a minute. This guy, I fucking, oh, who is it? Just go check out their IMDb page and try and take bets on who will, who will place where on the top five, uh, on the top five credits charts. You know, hey, listen, listen, play along at home with the podcast and take bets on my placements for every episode. I'm here to make you money. So, season two. Episode 6, The Thing from the Grave. Uh, this came out on May 8th, 1990. And uh, I, I told you up top, but it's the story about a love triangle that goes horribly wrong. Uh, someone gets murdered, and then the guy, the guy thinks that he's won. He's, he's killed his rival, and... And everything is smooth sailing from here. But that's just not how love works. But, you know, hey, uh, all's fair in love and war, right? So let's, uh, let's see 
where these three lovers are going to end up when we get into the episode. It starts off, as usual, with the Crypt Keeper being a jackass. Uh, he's just... I hate everything that's going on in the beginning of this episode. It it just opens up to a, uh, to a magazine, and you just see fine pair of legs going up, camera pans up, and it's just like... Uh, a centerfold of like a zombie and she's just like got the nice legs and her face is all fucked up and it's just the crypt keeper just over here reading it's just like <laughs> oh oh shit you get looks like you guys caught me and i was like god ugh, why C- don't you have a fucking coffin to do this in you're look i get it I get it. You're you're in your own place. You feel free. It's nice to just let it all hang out when you when you don't aren't expecting company. But god damn it, you're putting on a show in your own home. At least have some fucking decency. Everything's covered in cobwebs, but I wasn't thinking that they were those kinds of cobwebs. You sick fuck. Anyway, so he's uh he's reading this he's reading this fucking vampire porn or whatever the fuck he's into. It's always it's always a bad time when the crypt keeper's taste in women comes up because the la- what what was the last time they no the last time was with uh was with what's its episode that fucking shit where the lady came back from the grave and wouldn't leave that fool alone and he he thought that was. Uh, Gross. Gross. Sick. I don't like it. He also makes a weird joke in the beginning uh, when he's just throwing out puns for the episode and everything. Uh, he, he says something about, like, uh, the, the title of this episode makes no bones about where this guy's loyalties lie. And it I, I just, I had no idea what he meant. Even after the episode, I was just like, does what what are you talking about his the title of the episode is does his heart lie in the grave i is is his is is it supposed to be a since oh huh, the thing from the grave he just wants to put his dick in a zombie i don't know i don't know what's what you're trying to what you're trying to say here with this joke so the episode itself opens on some matthew broderick looking motherfucker uh driving down the road just speeding down the road this guy's just like mega nerd and uh in like a hawaiian shirt or some shit i don't even i don't even remember but uh it just he's 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 having a bad time he's just zooming down the street for some reason who knows uh he stops at this cabin and there's a dude just right out there in front of the cabin. And uh, he he asks, he goes, where is she? Bruckner, what happened? Is she is she okay? So it's, uh, it's Bruckner and Matthew Broderick. I don't know. And he, uh, he, he, asks, he asks if uh, she's okay. And Bruckner's like, yeah, she's fine. But uh, you're not. And he shoots him straight in his shoulder. And he's like, oh. Oh, oh God! What? And uh, uh, Bruckner's just Bruckner's just all smug. He's just got the gun. He's slowly walking over to him. He's like, "Huh? Yeah. What? Did I hit the shoulder that she used to cry on? Huh? 
<laughs> and then he shoots him again in the other shoulder. And uh, nerd dude just gets out of there. He's just like, oh, fuck, I'm screwed. So he turns, he books it. He's running into, like, the woods, and then he trips over and falls into a hole. And his grave has already been dug by this dude. Oh, so sinister. So he's just laying in there, and he's he's fucked. It's it's just all fucked. Oh, no, sorry. He, he, he trips right outside of the grave. He, he doesn't fall in there because dude picks him up and he's like, he's like holding him by the shirt and he's like, Ah, haven't you heard of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not covet his neighbor's wife. And dude's just like all bleeding. He's just like, uh, whatever happened to the other commandment, thou shalt not kill. And Brooklyn's just like, ah, fuck it. Just unloads in this dude's stomach and pushes him into the grave. It's real fucked. It's super fucked. Um, but he's like, oh yeah, before you die, just know she's mine. So it cuts immediately to who they're talking to. And she is behind. Oh my goodness. I could see why this dude shot that other fool over her because she is smoking. It's craziness. Man, Terry Hatcher, listen, I did not know that Lois Lane could be this hot. I, I always thought Lana Lang was the hot one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So, it's it's earlier. They're at a photo shoot. She's a model. And the photographer is the dude that just got killed. And uh, they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're doing the thing. But uh, she's in like this. She's in like this. I don't even know what material it is. But it's like a pleather swimsuit. It's like the one piece she looks like a fucking Bond girl out here. She looks like pussy galore out on the beach. She's posing with this other dude who's just like some big like Johnny Cage looking motherfucker in like a suit and sunglasses. And uh, uh, the photographer is talking shit about him with his assistant. They're just like, what the fuck is this guy? He's This dude's dumb as a box of garbage placed on a box of rocks. And uh, they're just like, oh, well, the Japanese love them. And for some reason, they're just Japanese businessmen (laughs) just hanging out on the set on the sides, just like talking to each other. Like that episode of South Park where the Chinese dude was (laughs) just meddling in the Tegrity Farm ads. (laughs) So the photographer is just like, ah, hey, everybody, isn't this great? Isn't this great? Isn't this better than being all hot and sweaty on the on the real ass beach? And the model's just like, well, I mean, like, sometimes I like getting a little hot and sweaty. And then they give each other the the eyes so you know. just like, oh, shit, damn, she's trying to get some of this photographer. And while they're, while they're over here making eyes at each other, fucking Johnny Cage is over here just like, what if I... <laughs> I, I just love, I just love them making fun of him. Just like, what if I hold this can in my other hand, you know? Because then it really looks like I'm partying. And it's just like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> you fucking dumb piece of shit. Just take the picture. So Bruckner shows up. And uh, he walks up to to the, the chick. Her name's Stacy, by the way. The, uh, the model's name is Stacy. And as soon as he shows up, she's not having a good time. She sees him and her face just drops. And uh, he walks up to her. He whispers something in her ear. 
and he but he's like they're not done he just walks up to her and he's just talking to her and so the photographer is just like hey bro uh we're like doing something we're in the middle of something can you can you not be there he's like oh oh sorry bro yeah it's all good so uh stacy stacy's pretty fine huh she's pretty hot huh you like that and he's just like uh who the fuck are you again he's like yeah i'm her i'm her manager and her fiance and uh he's he's just trying to you know he's just trying to swing his dick all over the place and just with no he has no business even being there anyway so uh dude dude's like all right hey bro go get some coffee or something and we'll finish up and then everything will be good he's like oh i should get coffee huh what are you you trying to say that i make her nervous because uh, if anyone makes her nervous it's you motherfucker you're over here trying to hit on her and you know, everything like dude yeah he's he's right they they were definitely flirting but this was before he even showed up he didn't even like know they were just regularly doing like the photo shoot by the time he showed up so this dude is just this dude just oh he's just a walking problem but uh he's he's just like oh yeah take your camera and shove it up your ass go take some pictures of that and then he gets the fuck out of there so uh stacy and the photographer are talking after he shows up and he's just like man that guy's a real dickhead and uh if you ever need to like get away from him if he's ever like mistreating you girl i got you here here's a key to my house here's a key to my apartment if you ever need someone girl i'll be there just come on over just let yourself in and uh she takes the key so i mean hey this is this is already this is already looking like a wonderful foundation to a great relationship that's gonna work out for everybody and of course one night he's just hanging out at home he's just passed out falling asleep over a bowl of chili or whatever the fuck he was eating and uh she just walks into his house and she's just like oh hey how's it going he's like oh didn't didn't know that you'd uh that you'd be here i know it was a little forward of me to give you my key and she's like oh well it was a little forward of me to use the key to your house and then they're just like oh well let's just go forward and put my dick straight forward into your butthole how about that so they uh you know they get together and uh they're they're kissing and it's they're in front of like some weird like backdrop some like i don't know if he's i don't know if he's got a home studio because it doesn't look like he's got any equipment other than a super weird wall light that it looks like a it looks like a sunset but it also doesn't give off good enough lighting for you to actually think that it would be the sunset so i don't know what's going on with that wall i think that's just uh i think that's just something he had installed into his house it looks like a heat lamp but so they they kiss in front of the wall it's a very dramatic thing and then uh he he's like ah well hey now that we're now that we've kissed now that we're official there's this necklace that i just oh i've been dying to give it to you and i was just like damn dude you're moving a little fast like you you kiss her once and you're already just like ah 
I I bought you this. I need you to have it. But he's and it's even it's even weirder. Okay, so he picked up the necklace off of an old blind lady who said that it was touched by the Mayan god of truth or something. But the the power of the necklace is if you make a promise and you're holding the necklace, you have to keep that promise no matter what. So he puts it on gently around her neck. Oh, ooh, so romantic. We just met. And uh, he sees a bruise on her shoulder and he's just like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave him. It's just, it's so hard. I felt he, he was there for me in a time of need. So I felt like I owed him. And he's like, you don't owe him anymore. You don't owe him nothing, girl. It's just going to be you and me. And if he has anything to say about it, I'll protect you. And he's got the, he's got the thing in his hand. He's like, I promise to protect you, girl, no matter what. So... Yeah, there's, there it is. There's our big, there's our big thing. How is he gonna keep his promise? Is it gonna be in a weird way that involves a crazy Mayan god? Maybe, who knows? This is Tales from the Crypt. But he's gonna have to keep that promise soon because uh, Bruckner is right outside of his apartment. Like, this dude is just in his car with some binoculars, looking into the looking into the house, watching him make out, and just, eh, eh, god damn it, son of a bitch, that's my wife. Uh, but she's not his wife yet. Fiance. All right, so that's Bruckner. Uh, his his fiance is Stacy. The photographer guy, uh, the guy she's cheating on him with, his name is Devlin. So Devlin comes home one day and uh he walks into his house and he's getting a call uh it's about to go to speaker but he answers it real quick he's like oh shit hello devlin here and uh it's bruckner and he's like uh hey what's up man so i know i know what's going on between you and stacy but that doesn't matter right now it's i i i don't care stacy's in trouble we had a fight, she dipped off, and she went and locked herself in my cabin, and I've been trying to get help for her, but she's not going to listen to me. She'll only listen to you, bro. Come on and help her. So, of course, Devlin springs into action. He's got to protect her no matter what. And uh, and then it cuts back to the beginning of the episode when he's driving, he's looking all worried, and he's like, where is she? And he gets shot, and he gets thrown into the grave. So um, that all that all happens again. So it, it's just the context to why all that went down. So it looks like this love triangle just got turned into a love line. And Bruckner follows that line all the way to Stacy's place. Although I think it might be uh, like their shared apartment or something. I don't really know. I mean, they're they're fiancés, so they should be living together. But um. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Sorry. Sorry to, uh, sorry to presume. That's my, that's my just heathen fucking Puritan way of thinking. <laughs> you don't have to be living together to be, to be engaged. What kind of, uh, what is this? The nineties? <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, he just catches up to her in their apartment and she's on the phone. And uh, he's he's just like, oh, huh, 
calling that photographer again, huh? You've been trying for like a week now, and uh, he hasn't got back to you, huh? She's like, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Who, what, what photographer? He's like, come on, don't even, don't even try and fuck with me. Like I seen you guys flirting on the on the set and. And that night that you said that you were going out with your girls, eh? she's like, oh, you followed me? You're an asshole, which is, uh, I mean, come on. You should have a little more reaction to, like, uh, yeah, like, you said you were going somewhere and then I fucking followed you. I'd be like, like, what the fuck is your problem, you fucking weirdo? Although I mean, she did go out. To, she did go out to go fuck this photographer, dude. So I mean, hey, but he's still a fucking creep. But uh, no, he he lies. He's just like, oh no, I didn't actually follow you. But uh, thanks for thanks for confirming it for me. <laughs> Falling right into my trap, 4D chess. <laughs> but after that. He's just like, hey, look, listen, I know that we've been through it. You know, uh, we've we've been through some tough times and things have been shaky for us. But like, I just I love you so much and I might not be able to save that. But have you ever thought that this guy just isn't even gonna gonna be there for you? He meets crazy hot models all the time. Maybe he just ran off with one and uh, just left you in the dust. And I wouldn't do that. You know, I I love you so much. And if he loved you so much, why hasn't he called you back? And uh, she goes, well, I'm, I'm worried about him. Something might have happened. And that's why he might be, you know, ditching my calls. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, well... Hey, maybe he's just gone, but I'm here for you, and I love you so much. Come on, just give us another chance. He's gone. He's he's like off with some 19-year-old or whatever, you know? He's, look, I will take care of you, and like literally in the soundtrack, just alarms are going off like, no, bitch, don't take him back. So... Then it cuts to Devin's place, and Stacy shows up. She's got the key. She just walks in, and she's kind of looking around, looking for him, but she sees that uh, his groceries were still on the table from when he came in and got the call. He just left everything on the table, and she, you know, just looks around. Everything's all shitty and old, but, uh, you know, everything's right as he left it. And then she looks at his answering machine, and for for those youngsters out there, back in the 90s, we had these things called answering machines, and you had to record your answers on tape, and, uh, oh god, I'm, I'm wasting away into dust. <gasps> but she checks the messages, and the last message that he got was from Bruckner, so she's just like, oh shit. It was him. He did it. And he comes out of nowhere and just snatches her away. Just gets her. Drags her out. Drags her to the car. Ties her up in the cabin. He gets her all the way back to the cabin from before. And ties her up to the bed. She's all bound and gagged. He, like, put her in lingerie. He's gonna 
you know, it's he's he's gonna be a real piece of shit, and uh, he's just like, ah, man, you know, <sighs> you, this is this is what I get for loving someone. Anytime you get close to somebody, it just gets all fucked up, man. Woe is me, how I'm just a piece of shit and things don't work out for me. But uh, yeah, so you you just. You just know things are about to get bad. But the camera moves out away from them, gets out from the cabin and into the woods next to this cabin where a certain where a certain somebody was buried. A certain somebody under the fucking whims of a Mayan truth promise god who who made a vow, a solemn vow to protect her no matter what. And this fool punches up through the ground. And uh, it's it's just uh, Bruckner and Stacy still in the cabin and Bruckner's got his gun. He's like, yeah, like I'm really gonna really gonna fuck you up and like er- no one's gonna know and like haha, both of you guys are gonna be fucking dead. Ha ha ha. And uh and then you just see, you just see Devlin come up. He's been in there for weeks, remember? He's just all gross, all decayed and just super disgusting looking. They, they did a great job on his, on his zombie makeup. This is some, this is almost some Walking Dead Greg Nicotero shit. Almost. Like, if... I, I'm I'm sure that whoever did that, someone was taking notes on the Walking Dead staff because it's gross. And uh, he gets out of the grave and he goes to the cabin, and uh, Bruckner's in there just laughing. He's just like, yeah, ha ha ha. Uh, and then they hear they hear this fucking dude. They hear, oh, Stacy, and they're just like, what the. F- fuck so uh Bruckner goes outside and he's got his gun he's like what the hell is going on out here and then he sees Devlin he's like oh fuck Devlin grabs him by his neck he's he's got his flashlight he turns around and Devlin smiles at him and it's so gross it's so disgusting and he grabs this fool by his neck pins him up against the wall Bruckner shoots him in his face, but nothing happens. Uh, and then he he just tosses tosses Bruckner just to play with him. I guess he's just he's just having a great time. He's back for one thing, and that's to fuck Bruckner up. So he just throws him to the ground, and Bruckner tries to run to the car, but uh, I don't know the he doesn't have the keys or something. He probably left him with Stacy. So he just tries to unload on this fool like before, but doesn't work like that anymore, bro. You're the one getting chased out into the woods. So small chase, and uh, Bruckner ends up tripping and falling into the grave that Devlin just popped out of. And he's just like, oh, fuck, no, no, this isn't happening to me. And uh, Devlin catches up to him. He's standing up, up there. Um, up on the top of the grave, Bruckner tries to climb out, and Devlin grabs the shovel that's still there from when he buried him and s- chops this fool's fingers. 
and uh, and he's just done. At at that point, he's finished. He's just screaming. He's like, no, oh god. And then Devlin just jumps in there with him, just beats the shit out of him a little bit, and then grabs this fool, pins him to him, and then starts burying them both. This fool's shoveling dirt into his own grave with Bruckner in it. And then while he's doing this, Stacy's getting loose of her uh, of her ties and everything, and then she just dips. She's gone. And uh, Bruckner and Bruckner and Devlin get to continue the love triangle underground, where the real loving happens. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, Crypt Keeper comes back, probably still he's still just jacking off. That's that's just his whole arc in this fucking episode. He's just been in his crypt, just beating it. So you know what? Fuck, we're not even gonna talk about that. But what we are going to talk about is something even more tragic than these this three star-crossed lovers, and that is the source material that they came from. It's time for comic versus show. So this episode comes from Tales from the Crypt 22. Yeah, this is an actual Tales from the Crypt uh, episode, like from the actual Tales from the Crypt comic. We haven't had one of those in a while. Most of them have been like Vault of Terror stuff. But uh yeah, this is a legit this is a legit Tales from the Crypt comic and it's pretty different. It's it's they uh they adapted a lot of stuff from this, you know, changed a lot of stuff around. The first big difference is the names of the characters. Uh instead of Instead of Devlin, Bruckner, and Stacy, it's Jim, Laura, and Bill. Jim is the Jim is Devlin, Bill is Bruckner, and I I wonder who Laura would could be. Uh so it's it starts from the beginning. The the first thing that happens is uh the vault keeper is just like, Oh, look at this funny little tale about these Three these three people who are in a in a crazy wacky relationship, and the very first thing that happens is Jim is just like, ah, oh, don't worry about Bill, marry me, and she's just like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, that's great, but Bill's a crazy person, and uh, I'm pretty scared of what he'll do when we get married. He's like, don't even worry about Bill, and Bill's just in the background, just like, ah, I will have Laura, even if I have to kill you, Jim. <laughs> So they get married immediately and um instead of instead of being like called away by instead of like this being some crazy trap although it could still be a crazy trap but who knows but uh they're they're married for a little bit and then it says that Jim gets a business call he's he's got to leave town and Laura's just like, uh, I don't know about this while you're away. Bill might pull some shit. He's like, don't even worry. I promise no matter what happens, I will be there to protect you no matter what. And so that's where the promise comes in. There's no crazy Mayan god of pinky swears at play. He just, he's just like, ah, don't even worry about it. So he takes off and as he's driving down the road, he sees a mysterious man just standing in the middle of the road. He's like, oh, shit. He stops. He's like, oh, fuck. I, I could have hit you, you crazy bitch. What are you doing? 
and it turns out it's Bill. Oh, shit. Bill, what are you doing here? And Bill's got a knife, and he's gonna use it. And uh, so Bill just stabs Jim in the car. He doesn't shoot the shit out of him and, like, dig up his grave and all this other shit. I mean, he digs a grave for him, but it's not pre-dug for him to lead him into, like, some most dangerous game mastermind bullshit. No, none of that. He stabs the shit out of him, buries him, ditches his car, and then uh, goes back to Laura just being like, oh, hey, what's up? It's been it's been like a month and Jim's gone. Like, who who knows what happened? Maybe he took off with someone. But uh, it says in the comic that he's just been trying to get at her for months, just trying to, like, play with her brain like this rather than just a single conversation of oh i don't know he's been gone a week maybe he flew off with some other hot model uh but she's just like no fuck that uh i love jim and there's there's nothing that's gonna change that and i'm definitely i'm sure as hell not marrying your ass so this is what makes him just be like all right well fuck it i'll kill both of you hey what's up i killed jim <laughs> so uh instead of he he still takes her to a cabin but it's not his cabin it's some random ass cabin that i guess he found when he was burying jim because it says that it's nearby but he takes her there and he's like ah well i'm gonna set you and this whole cabin on fire and uh there's gonna be nothing left and you know what you and jim can fucking be together in hell bitch because you are going straight there. This is when this is when Jim comes from the grave and he saves her from the fire. And uh, <laughs> he walks past Bill at first to save her. And he's just like, oh, thank God. Like, that monster's not even coming at me. And then he gets her out of there and he's just like, oh, no, you're next, bitch. <laughs> so he, another, another chase into the woods. And uh, it pretty much ends the same. Uh, dude trips into the same grave and then gets buried so those are all uh those are all the real changes uh i mean i could see you know i can i can see where they wanted to make it like kind of ooh like dark and scandalous and stuff like that so you know it's a i did like the episode and and how they did it how they uh put the twist on this story uh, i mean it's <laughs> it's weird as hell you know <laughs> like i I, I can understand why they're just like, well, I mean, we need some sort of explanation as to why this dude just comes back from the grave other than, hey, <laughs> my wife's in trouble, but I'm dead. How am I, how, how I going to solve this problem? <laughs> All right, so now it's time for Shriek of the Week. <laughs> uh, this Shriek of the Week, you know, I've I've been... I've been kind of behind lately on all things horror, and uh, it's it's not good. It's really not good. So my shriek of the week this time is go watch Midsummer. Uh, I never I never got to watch it. I tried to watch it, but uh, it was I I just like yeah I, I I never got around to it. But now that it's like out and everything. I need to give it another another go. Um but like man, that that opening is fucking brutal, man. 
that opening fucking killed me. So hopefully I can get through the whole thing and like see what's actually going on behind this whole ass movie because just the opening was was fucking brutal. And I just hear that it's nothing but brutality from this movie. So I I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it alone and uh, just feel bad about everything. <laughs> Because that's what I hear it does to you. All right, everybody. That's it for me this time. But you can keep up with me on all the social medias. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CJDamocha. C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. Watch Tales from the Crypt on YouTube. They're very easy to find. You can also just kind of go online, search Tales from the Crypt. You'll be able to find it for like a buck ninety nine if you really want to, uh, you know, buy them. So go do that. And while you're on the internet, you might as well go uh, give the show like five stars. You know, anywhere that stars happen. If you're, if you're naming a star if you're like got one of those like certificates where oh oh, i named a star name five of them cast from the crypt and it'll really help me out and if you enjoy the show then please help me out have have other people listen to it spread the word all right guys you can find me on twitch playing video games and doing all sorts of crazy dumb stuff I'm going to be doing a Resident Evil 2 speedrun here pretty soon, so you should catch that. It's going to be fun. And uh, as always, I'm going to need you all to stay spooky.